Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. But what I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Hello, welcome to the RTGA podcast. Mikey Stafford here. We had a bumper dual weekend of Allianz League action. Uh, so to discuss hurling, I am joined by Rory O'Neill as always, Anthony Daly and John Fogarty of the Irish Examiner. How are we doing, people? Very good, Mikey. Mikey. How's it going? Good, Mikey. Good. Well, we're, um, we'll be bringing you to the orchard later. We're going Armatastic. We have Oshin McConville and uh, our own Niall McCoy, two proud Armagh men to uh, sift through an eventful they an made eventful afternoon in, in Armagh City yesterday, uh, so that'll be the football half of the show later. You should go so to Tyrone, Mike. You should go to Tyrone see if they have a team for next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they lost a few yeah, yeah. They're, they're down to bare bones. Um, anyway, there's only one place to start, lads. Um, that's Wexford Park, obviously. John, I know you were there. God, I would love to have been there. Um, you know, if I was wearing appropriate attire, um, first things first to the important stuff, John. What was your assessment of the Wexford team's body language? Do you think <laughs> Do you think Gordon Darcy would have been happy with how they comported themselves on the field? Well, he he wasn't telling us much anyway in the press box. He was sit, uh, situated behind us, Mikey. Um, a good um, a, a good position, very close to the Davy box, which was uh, <laughs> a few years ago. But. Um, yeah, I'm sure he was happy. Like it was very, it was funny. Um, they they were given the guard at Wexford were given the the guard of honor as is tradition for the All Ireland okay. champions. And um, and 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 Dara Egan was uh, cajoling the boys as they were given the guard of honor, as if you know you could misinterpret and say, "Jesus lads, you know, give them, show them more respect, show them more." Respect. <laughs> but no, um, it was listen. You, you couldn't come away if you were a Wexford supporter, but being pressed by the character more so, more so than anything else. They made it a battlefield in the middle third which you know Waterford have been doing the last couple of years um in terms of it, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a pretty game of hurling to watch oh no not at all but it was entertaining there's no yeah, yeah. That, like what was there what 30 to 32 wides more more wise than scores but uh, very impressive I, I wouldn't be worried from a Limerick perspective from a Wexford one I asked Dar Egan afterwards you know how are you treating the league because you know Anthony has mentioned this already himself that because the league, uh, the end of the league is so close to the start of the provincial championships, you have to wonder, are lads going to taper down things? But he's saying, no, they're going f- uh, full pelt and they'll be going full pelt in, in, in Ennis next week. And you can kind of imagine that for a new manager um, and wanting probably to change up things in terms of tactics and whatever, that the, the league is something to attack for Wexford and they, they have no other choice but to do it. And obviously he wants to find a couple of players like, you know, we are, let's be honest, if Lee Chin is fit and, and Rory O'Connor is fit, they come straight back in and you could probably could name 10, definitely 11 of the team. Very impressive match with Hanlon yesterday and Ian Ryan at the back as well. Um, they didn't give a sniff to Aaron Galan, and I know Anthony was mentioning it in the paper this morning. There is concern there for Galan being whipped off at half time. We've seen that before. If ever there is a mercurial forward, it's him. But from a Wexford point of view, you have to be happy with two, those two guys, um, uh, O'Hanlon and, and Liam Ryan at the back. You know, really put it up to the guys and to keep inside forward scoreless like they did. Um, you couldn't be couldn't but be happy. Yeah, well, look, if ever there was a day for Liam Ryan and Matthew O'Hanlon, that was it yesterday, my God. And they, they're, Anthony, there's two, there's no, there's, there's few better buckles around than those two to kind of get a, get a grip on those Limerick forwards and kind of 
give as good as they get because you know you can talk tactics and you can talk ball handling and all you want but one of the things you have to do with Limerick is you have to win the physical battle we're almost like we're talking about the Six Nations here oh yeah and no better boys than you said uh, Liam and Matthew like I mean tailor made for that they, they never let you down you know Paddy Foley back as well is, is huge for them and the likes of Dio Keefe and they love that sort of battling around there in the middle Jack O'Connor you know so it was yeah, like a scoreline from your days, Dalo. I loved it, Roy. I loved it. It was. It just reminded me of the nineties, to be honest with you. Um, you know, <laughs> but I, yeah, you said it wasn't a great spectacle. You could say, and I, I loving it. Like as I'm, it isn't another half an hour in this. And I suppose I did worry a bit at half time that Wexford had put so much into it. I said, how much have they done, the training wise, and how much of a load? Like since Darrow was kind of late appointed, and how much could they have done? But of course, they had huge levels from Fitzy's time as well, because you know he'd be strong and that sort of stuff. So. I said at halftime, the girls are watching with me over in the house and I'm saying, kind of like, do you have the wind as well? I'm sure the wind is awful strong in Wexford, Orla said to me. And I said, yeah, but like they're after putting an awful lot into that first half. I said, Limerick now going to be, Kylie being inside telling them, you know, what not. Uh, but they just kept it going. And I suppose the goal was the turning point. And then that's controversial as well, because did Mikey take steps. too many steps? Was he being fouled? You know, we had all that debate. And yes, and yes. About last night, you know, so, <laughs> yeah, it's, look, he probably needed a goal. But they created more anyway. I mean, Conor McDonald, I thought, you know, edge of the square, I would have liked the thought of him being in there. From his Mickey Quaid made days. an unbelievable save yeah, in the first an half. Unbelievable save, again from Conor. So, yeah, it's a hugely satisfying day for Dara. When you're starting off a job like that as well, you're taking over from someone like Davey as well. Get an old win under your belt against the champions the first day out is, is kind of a bit of relief yeah. for him as well. Like Dana, we, we, tennis, we, you know, we so. asked Kevin McStay about this from a football perspective, and it's different in football because the league does count for more. Um, it's now linked to the championship. For some counties, it is their main competition, and I don't think we say that for any team in Hurland. So the, the, the close proximity of the league to, to the championship, it is a puzzler for Hurland managers because best will in the world you know, none of them set out saying the the one tournament I want to win this year is the Allianz League. There'll nobody be, nobody be unhappy to win it, but it's not their be all and end all. So, kind of peaking for the league isn't what you want to do. But at the same time, as you say, if you're Darry Egan coming in, you need to know what you have, so you have to go full bore. Yeah, I I think there'll be much more emphasis. Like we're not talking about you know finishing up the league and then the the, the whole circuit of challenge matches and try him there and try that's not going to be available to you. Uh, you'll you'll be doing heavy looking now this week at the Fitzgibbon Cup quarterfinals. You'll you'll really be saying a guy that you have your eye on, and you're probably not able to throw him in the league, but he's a quarterfinal of a Fitz on Wednesday. You'll be saying I'm going to watch him because he's going to be marking an intercounty fella from Limerick or Galway or Cork, and if he's able to hold it there, then I'm going to throw him in on Sunday against Clare. Maybe if you're from a Wexford point of view, so yeah, I I don't think there's going to be as much room for experimentation I think some of the get, lads who are getting chances better be taking them fairly lively you know they better be doing like the Colin Coughlin maybe is doing for Limerick he's been solid he was very good in the Munster League and I thought he was solid again yesterday all their backs were good Limerick 111 you know so um, but up front in that you know there's some lads are getting a chance up front that have been kind of close to the setup not quite there have featured as subs they won't get all that many chances remember Limerick as well if I had a concern for John Kiley it wouldn't be overly concerned because we know who's come in yeah. What I would be a little bit concerned is Peter Casey won't be there. How good is Peter Casey? Brilliant. Graham Mulcahy is getting a year older after a year older. Very good for Kim Alloc, obviously, but got married now. And, you know, is Graham going to be able to deliver? So then, if Galen is not on form, you are a little bit concerned with the inside line. I know Shamey is capable. I know Pat Ryan is capable under day. But you are just a little bit concerned. Um, of, of We've kind of always looked at Limerick the last few years. Tr- which three from four would he put in? 
you know, and, and Jamie not making it kind of last year and then made it this year. So it's just with Peter gone, he doesn't need a drop off from of form. But it might have been a perfect time as well for Kylie with, with Ghislaine, like to say, look, he dropped him for the months of final last year, mm-hmm. like you no know, league game blown on Wexford, just off you come and he wouldn't. If if I remember back to Joe Look Man times and you mentioned it, Roy, you wouldn't be getting too many explanations at halftime either as to why you were coming off. <laughs> Just a look and you you're off. <laughs> yeah. Rory, before we get too excited, I, I don't think Limerick won any of their first three league games last year either. So true, true to Tipperary in the first and then lost to Watford and lost to Galway. There you go. So, so you know, like there, we won't call them traditional slow starters, but as, as we were just saying today, there, like John Kiley ain't targeting the first few rounds of the league. It's 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 not where he's going to be judged. Well, yes and no. I think he might target next Saturday night. I think there's a few reasons why. I think they'll want to quell any notions that Galway might be getting about themselves. The first thing, and I think they'll probably want to teach Henry a lesson, as in not like. A sort of a lesson like welcome to Winter County hurling lesson, you know. So, plus they're going to be togging out in front of their own uh, for the first time where you're going to have no limitations on crowds. So I'd expect a big crowd there. It's obviously a derby. Um, it's live on RTE, so it's going to be a big crowd and there should be a good atmosphere. So I'd expect a reaction from them next Saturday night and um, we'll be interesting to see now uh, what, what kind of a reaction we get. Yeah. So on Galway, then we might as well go on to them, John. Um, I know we only we only got a kind of a brief look at them. Um, it being a double weekend and time, you know, not being elastic, so there could only be so much shown on the TV. But one one man who deserves a mention is Grove McInerney. Um, I think he took he might have taken inspiration from Leopardstown. He was like, <laughs> he he was like a thoroughbred coming <laughs> coming up the hill to the finish line. And the way he was hopping the, the slitter on the hurl, uh, it was one of the most astounding goals I've seen. To score a goal like that in the first week of February is something else. Yeah, yeah it, was, it reminded me of, um, and Anthony remember this, Martin Nocta went on a solo run years ago, and it was it was on the best of 89 or 91. I, on VHS, I, I, I worn it out, but I remember it, and he was commended on it so much. So for a Galway man to do it again, now as it was mentioned on, on League Sunday last night, some of the, um, it was tragic, some of the, the defending, you know, McInerney's a big man, uh, but uh, it was a surprise that he wasn't, not taken out of it, but someone had to come reminded, yeah. reminded that he shouldn't have been there. Um, it was very impressive about that. Like, you know, th- there is, there is pressure on Henry. Like, um, I, I know it's, it's been mentioned, th- th- there's so much expectation on the man to do so much with them this year. And don't get me wrong, I, I, I'd, ha- I'd have them three or four at the moment with Cork. I still have Ward for number two, but I he he still has to find a couple of players there around the middle. David Burke, obviously, I think we've seen the best of David Burke. You know, we saw a couple of flashes of his excellence for St. Thomas's this year. I think he needs lads around the middle. Obviously, there's huge injuries there to the defence. A couple of lads lost for, uh, lost in the last while. Uh, St. Thomas's again. I think he knows his inside forwards. Um, you know, he he has two fine ones in that. Uh, there's no concerns there, but it's that middle third, and again, exactly where you have to target Limerick. And let's let's be honest, you're going to have to beat Limerick to win in All Ireland this year. Mm. And God, we're going to do it. I I think it's success for God this year is the Leinster title again, and maybe getting to a final, definitely an All Ireland semi final. But I think expectations have to be reined in a little bit. I I, um, I agree with Rory there. I think there could be a reminder from from Limerick. Um, not, you know, because they look at Galway as a team that can match them physically. But I don't know if they have the guys just yet in that middle third to 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 match Limerick in terms of style and whatever. And and I expect Keane Lynch to come back for Limerick this weekend as well. And 
you know, he's he's doing a lot of good things for Galway at the moment in terms of university, and he could lead them to a Fitzgibbon. Um, but I definitely expect him to make an appearance for Limerick anyway at the weekend. Yeah, uh, on Offaly, Dalo, um, you know, a double scores defeat in your first league game. I, I, I think McFenley is realistic. I think most people are realistic around Offaly that if they somehow manage to stay in Division 1, it'll be fantastic. Even if they go down, a lot of players who have not played at this level before will get experience and, you know, they can look to come back up. It's not that it's a shot to nothing. I don't think anybody in Offaly would say that, but realism seems to be the word being used most frequently about them at the moment. Yeah, and it was a quick interview last night, Mikey. I liked Mick's interview, as he said, we have our own targets, our own standards we need to meet, and, and sometimes out there we didn't meet them. And yeah, it'll be, they'll look at that video and they'll say, how to let Gary Lord McInerney go that distance up the field. And a couple of the other goals as well weren't pleasant from a defensive point of view, you know, comparison to, let's say, what we saw in Parnell Park and what we saw in Wexford Park. Um, but look, for them, yeah, as you say, if they can somehow eke out a win, uh, in the division and stay in the division one. Will they though, Dale? I mean, like, look, looking hard. at the like looking at the group that they're in, I yeah. like what what what's more worrying? I'd say from that that I would the question I would ask is if they if that's only the start of these dispiriting beatings that they get, and if this persists and continues throughout the rest of the league program, how damaging could that be for their spirit, their morale, heading back into a? They're not. They're only. They're still at Joe McDonough level in championships. So yeah, but we said this last year, Rory, about Westmead. Westmead were getting the hammerings, you know. And mm. we said, how is it, is, is it going to be? Would they be better off in two A yeah. and winning games, or they're getting the hammer? But they won the Joe McDonough. Yeah, you know. So if if they can compartmentalize, you know, put it in its own section, we won't be meeting Galway lads in the championship. You know, we won't be meeting Limerick. Put put it in its own. What can we learn? Can we get better every week? Yeah, uh, yeah. no doubt, Mick Finley. Like they have Claire and Bor. If they play it in Bor, and with Claire missing so many long term injuries, they, and with the way Claire played Saturday night, they could well say maybe that's the one we we might be able to sneak a result in. And I just think if they learn and keep improving and say that's the level we want to get to, we won't be there. It'll take a year or two. With all the young players, you can aspire to getting up there. The big thing is the McDonough for them this year. Yeah, it's um, th- talking about Claire. Then seems like we might as well keep segueing on while you're being you're, you're being you're you're doing my making my job easy for me here, lads. Um, you, you were there, Dalo. Um, yeah, twelve different scores for Cork, including I have to say I I know again, Rory, I, your time is elastic. I'm going to criticize League Sunday repeatedly. No, but Connor Lahan scored one point that it it, it warranted a replay. I don't know if do, you saw it in the flesh. Dalo, yeah. he flipped the ball, flicked the ball yeah. over a Claire yeah. defender, yeah, gathered it, and put it over from about seventy Harry, yards. It was, it was an Harry astonishing Potter score. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it's great. It's great to see him back. And he, he wasn't, he wasn't one of their better forwards. That's a fair statement. He wasn't bad at all. No, he good solid game, but he was. He could, I mean, the likes of Kingston, you know, was really outstanding. And the middle of the field, Ron Joyce, like what a start. I mean, he looked the part. He was like a fellow that was playing for five years, mm. and had maybe taken six months off to go to America or something. But like he. I mean, Coleman, the halfback line was outstanding, but some of the stuff they'd be doing, you were saying, would you get away with that later on, dear? No. I know Donald said it last night, but at one stage, Coleman came up past me. I was in the south stand, and Coleman passed me out. And I said to the lad from Cork behind me, that's your centre-back. Like, And he was gone in past the 45, the care 45 <laughs> at this stage. But I look back to see, is there somebody now taking responsibility for this? And Joyce actually, with his back to the play now, it's the only thing you'll probably say, back, back, and keep an eye on what's going on. But he was sprinting back to centre-back. That Mark was gone and he saw there's there's definitely you know there's a lot of thought going into what they're doing they looked very good they, defensively they looked solid uh, because they were winning the ball and attacking 
they destroyed the clear puck out. They despite mm. if Clare went short, they forced them to play silly balls cross field, or they got they intercepted the second or third ball. And every time Clare went long, then it was a three against one situation, and Clare had the hope of winning it. They destroyed the clear puck out, and that's where the, it came from. And from a clear point of view, the, the fight was strangely missing. Um, that's what I that's the only criticism I'd have. If that's a once off, fine. I've been with so many teams that will throw in a dead day. Um, that I, I could I've lost count of them. But if you throw in a dead day again next Sunday, and I know they're down six or seven marquee men, and, and you would say our results at under 20 and minor haven't been encouraged enough. St. Charles Tuller was a big, big huge hope from that, there, yeah. And Tuller, Tuller's story where he's just remarkable because it's a small school, isn't it? 300 people like only half of those are lads like they can play on the hurling team and that's amazing like four or five small clubs around him and just a great level of fight turns fahey Aidan Hart is with him as well just retired now from Galway so amazing, ah, amazing look at, story if there was betting on it I'd say at the start of the year or it'd have been probably 66 to one shots you know yeah, and they yeah. defy beat Coleman's in the quarter final beat De La Salle and then Art's call in the final and you know so it's great it was, boost was, yeah yeah I, there was a very small clear crowd in Cork because I'd say they were all yeah. in the Gaelic grounds and yeah uh, <laughs> um on, on Cork John, John I suppose there, there would have been there would have been a fair bit of apprehension maybe among supporters to know how they were going to bounce back from you know a fairly <laughs> a fairly disastrous All-Ireland final um yeah. all the caveats daily mentioned there Claire without a good few players this Claire team have been a little bit enigmatic over the last few years and throw in one of those every now and again but you know, Cork did what they had to do and they did it in some style. They looked fresh, which I suppose is probably the most encouraging thing. Yeah, um, I, I'd be more interested to see them away from Pocky Cueve, Mikey, considering a lot of their hurling is going to be away from Pocky Cueve or too much of it <laughs> uh, is going to be away from in the Munster Championship. Like, obviously, we know the reasons behind that. But um, it's it's the away days that I'll be interested in seeing Cork this year because you, you look at the scoreline there in Wexford Park and compare it. You can't compare it. You have to contrast it to what happened in Pocky Cueve the night before. It's a, In venues like that, we know what Cork are capable of. We do, but it's when, you know, the, the, the fat is in the fire in, you know, a, a real uh, county ground, um, not a stadium that I'll be looking forward to seeing them. Absolutely. It's a question. Of, it's not a question. Like Tullamore next Sunday? Tullamore next Sunday? No. Uh, <laughs> certainly not. But no, there's, de- there's, de- there's definitely there's definitely a couple of, um, that is a stadium in a way, but um, no, um, it, it, it's other, you know, Cork aren't a league team. You know, when they haven't won it since the 90s and, uh, I, I think they know, or somebody said it at the weekend that you know it wouldn't do them any harm to win a league. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, can they do it? Uh, you know, this is Kingston's last year. I think he's done a fine job with them. Um, he mightn't get them across the line this year. I think he deserves a hell of a lot of credit for bringing them in. Um, deserves credit as well for bringing Lahan in as well because not that he was under pressure to to bring in Lahan because but he has the the resources there you know he has the forwards there and uh you know he should be commended for that in a way uh, for being big enough to do something like that because usually when it's goodbye in cock it's goodbye in cock you know there's no return in any shape or form um but no it's i'd be interested to see them mikey on the road that's that's really about it because it's uh uh, that's where the character is and if there's one thing that was questioned of of them last year and that all ireland finally was their character yeah, well, what of Lahan coming back in, Rory? How, how's that seen? As John says, it's usually it's it's not it's not see you later. It's, it's goodbye down in Cork. But like he only scored one point on Saturday night. But I think it was a reminder of just what what he can bring to this team. Yeah, he 
he had a fantastic county championship. Now, um, like he was pulling up trees from Middleton the whole way through, and obviously they won it outright. And he probably gave the management no choice but to actually go back and give him another, give him another chance. Um, and I think, like, I think there's an awful lot of goodwill behind one, like the, we'd say, the public wanting to see him succeed, and for him, like, I, just a very first ball the other night, like it just. It was just a loose one. It was a wet night now and kind of skidded off the hurley and it wouldn't be something that you'd normally associate with him. And I just got this sense that like he was, I hope no, he doesn't try and force this, you know? And um, yeah, and he had a couple of flashes. His work rate certainly looked up. The one thing that I would probably have said was maybe given it was a very one-sided game, would it have been any harm to leave him on for the whole match and not take him off? just even for confidence alone. But look, we don't necessarily know what kind of physical condition he's in. And there could be an element of guarding um, him physiologically at this time of the year, because we know, look, injuries are flying up left, right and centre. Just on that, Rory. Yeah, sorry. sorry, Just on that, he got a huge ovation from the crowd. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) The the crowd want him to succeed. The Cork public, like he's given a lot and you're kind of wishing him well and you hope it happens for him. But I suppose, look, the, the problem for him is He's coming back into a side that the one thing, the one big plus I would suggest from a Cork perspective is there's massive depth there now. There's a f- serious competition in that panel. It's going to be very hard to get on that start in 15, especially like when you look at the likes of Mark Keane to come back in there, who's meant to be playing really well. There's a young lad, Dara Flynn, who was obviously tied up with his club, who I thought was the most impressive of the under-20 hurlers. Bally Giblin, is that correct, Dalo? I think he's out towards Mitchellstown direction as well. Yeah, they lost you know? the final, uh, junior yeah, final. Yeah, so, so, so like, he, like, like Le- Connor is going to find it very hard to get game time. And Saturday and probably next week are the times when he might get opportunities and you just hope for his sake he takes them. Yes, depth, I suppose, is something Claire are blessed with at the moment, Dale. But like, it's hard to be too too harsh on them because Tony Kelly is all but irreplaceable. You know, if he's not playing, like there, there's nobody that can do John, what Tony Kelly can do. John Connolly. And then John Conlon as well. So um, yeah, you like can Shane, say there's Shane, a lack of depth, but you can also Shane say that you can't Shane. replace... You can't replace generational talent. Yeah, either. Shane O'Donnell is not back training yet, but he's coming back. What about back Dougie? Soon. What's the story with Peter Dougie? Dougie had a slight operation, and so he's he's rehabbing from that. I think it's only small kind of cartilage thing, and but he'll be back. The biggest loss here, lads, is is and I would have said Tony. Obviously, we're praying he come right and he doesn't have any setbacks. But Aidan McCarthy for me is the biggest loss because you know after Tony for me he's our main man nearly from last year, and he really looked to have you know his young fellas come through and. Say he hasn't really got the full hang of the intercounty thing yet. Yeah. You'd have said last year, like nominated for Young Clare of the Year now the last two years, but you'd have said last year he has completely found his feet at the level. And unfortunately, I don't think he'll make it back even for championship. Like it's a broken leg. It's going to be very hard for him to make it unless we go very deep into the championship. So it's a huge loss. And it looks a bit of time at, you know, Colum Galvin gone as well last week. And, and, um, Things like that, you know, just so many of the 13 team now not there anymore. And uh, so look at it, it is a time, a difficult time for Brian now. And but as I as you said about Tulla, but as like you know, there's Flanens won that Hearty Cup two years ago as well. So but they just haven't been blooded an awful lot of them. We've a lad from our own club, Keen Galvin, he's just back paying now. He played 40 minutes for UL. He was he missed a full year last year. So Mark Rogers, I'd say, is a big Shane Meehan. The two of them looked lively at the weekend. Uh, I liked Patrick Crotty when he came on, he's another young lad. So look, 
no choice. You've got to go. Got to go. Some of the more established fellas, I was a bit disappointed with. I have to say, would have thought more. Like Conor Cleary didn't have a good game. David McInerney didn't have a good game. Aaron Shanahan didn't have a Shanahan good game. You know, well, so yeah. Carl Malone was the best of the crowd that have been there for a good few years, and we need more certainly to stand up on Sunday. Yeah, uh, Malone, Malone, Malone is the, without a shadow of a doubt. I, I thought he was very. I thought there should, should have been more said about him for an All Star last year. Yeah, he's a brilliant. Most informed for two, three years now, John. Ah, he's brilliant. Yeah. I, I, the only reason I and before I found out about uh, the the list of injuries, the only reason I fancied Claire might make a go at the the league was because of the again the schedule because they're not out uh, round one in the Munster Championship. If anything, that's going to help help Brian in, in a way, Anthony is. The changes to the structure, like um, the, the they don't have to play three weeks in a row now. Obviously, yeah. there was a bit of horse trading between Cork and the Munster Council. You will move the game to Central Stadium, but we don't want to play three weeks in a row. And Clare benefited from that as yeah. well. And Clare only have to play, am I right? Ennis and Torles are the yeah. only two venues for them. So that will help them in a way, but you're absolutely right. It's it's uh, it, it's a long list at the moment. Like um, Wex, Wexford will give them a, a right go physically anyway at the yeah. weekend. But that's what they have to do now, John. That's the challenge is maybe not beat Wexford, but absolutely go to war. Yeah. Bring what Wexford brought to Limerick. You have yeah. to. Yeah. yeah, it's the time of year, I suppose, teams are kind of dealing with, with, with absentees. Uh, no more so Kilkenny. I was listening to um, KCLR, uh, the, the commentary, um, <laughs> on um, the uh, the game you didn't, see, you didn't see the pictures. Yes, yeah. So we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> but um, there was a there was a Kilkenny free mist, and the uh, the commentator in case are just said, "Well, <laughs> TJ Reid won't be losing any sleep tonight anyway." And kind of it was it was a it was a throwaway remark, Dalo. But no, you know, it, it, it at the same time there is an awful reliance. The people in Kilkenny might like you said there is an awful reliance on that. What is he? 34, 35 year old who doesn't yeah. look. Or acts yeah. that age, it shocks nearly, you every time you see his actual nearly, age written down. Near, nearly 35, yeah. Nearly yeah. 35. Uh, 35 this year. Yeah. But again, as well, I think a couple of the goals were soft as well. And I know Darren Brennan is a fine keeper, but I think a couple of goals are soft. You saved Murph. them at the end, I think. Yeah, and you're saying Murph didn't sitting there as well, though, you know. So, yeah, look, when they have everybody, they'll still be strong. But look, at like everything else, like bit like Claire, when you're missing and you start to lose these marquee guys and they start to retire bit by bit and replacements and they haven't been farming out minors and 21s let's face it like they used um, to yeah and Kieran's haven't even been dominating the schools for sure it was a uh, Wexford school in a Dublin school in the Leinster colleges that's right this year. school council and, and mm. south colleges there so yeah it's uh they're not going to be dominating I'd say with a while anyway I don't think no so, it was um, always the case that the you know lads went off and played you know they played junior Intercounty when it existed, they played under twenty, and they mightn't get it. John, they mightn't, they mightn't get it to Kilkenny debut till they're twenty three or twenty four, and now to college, etc. Nowadays, yeah. you know, it's not unheard of to see a teenager making his debut for Kilkenny. So it it is a sign of the times. It is, but you know, the, the most concerning thing over the last couple of years, Mikey, from a Kilkenny perspective, aside from listen, they've won the last two Lancers, which is forgotten. It is yeah. forgotten. Yes, yeah, but Brian doesn't go to his bench as much and that must be very, so difficult for lads in the panel. Like, you know, he's always made the argument, we, we put it to him and he's done this for the last four or five years, more as the golden generation has dissipated from the group that he says, I'd rather give it a, a player a full game than just bringing them on and, and what have you. But it doesn't show much trust in what's behind him there. And that's the concern. Like, obviously, 
and I can't wait for this All Ireland Club final on, on Saturday. But mm. well, the, the the Shamrocks boys are going to have to be given a little bit of time, to, uh, you know, to to, re- to 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 relax or to decompress after what they're going through. Particularly DJ, because as much as he owns a gym and he's in there and he can he he looks after his uh, his recuperation and, and what what have you, and the man needs to be minded. Um, and so I don't expect to see him until you know round five or round six I would imagine of the, of, of the league but um, there is a huge dependency on that Shamrocks group now they are the core element and if anything happens to them God forbid for, for, for Kilkenny and that's why you know um, T- James O'Connor was saying before Christmas TJ needs a break TJ needs another break now as well I would imagine after this whatever. ongoing grind as well John isn't there yeah, an ongoing yeah. grind and like he can look, uh, yeah he can he can manage that but is he going to play the five rounds of the Leinster Championship I don't think so I think yeah. you know yeah. Um, Rory we, we, we have got a bit of flack as is this this time of year we, yeah, we can't show everything and yeah. uh, we've got a lot of um and from people who are kind of understandably, I suppose, they may not have been at the game. It's a long way to go. And they very nearly pulled off what would have been a, a pretty famous draw. And, you know, they've they've a fine team. Um, there's a lot of interest. They're passionate hurling people. Um, so you're getting it in the neck and I'm getting it in the neck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's as you and I think the key point here is it's a perennial problem. Now, we didn't have it for the last two years because COVID more or less... Uh, Remove that problem by putting everything in, in on GA go and no one allowed go to the games. So we're back to where we were, and I, this will resurface as well on February 26th, March 20th, and March 27th. It will be the exact same problems there as well. Um, I, I hear Antrim, um, you've got to make hard choices. Unfortunately, at this time of the year, it was a straight up shootout, really, between what we had available to us between Galway Offaly versus Kilkenny Antrim and the fact that it was Henry's first game in charge of uh, Galway and Offaly's first time back in Division 1. That was the one that won out. Kilkenny and Antrim will both feature this weekend coming. So look, if that's any consolation. But at the same time, I mean, Antrim aren't on their own. They have a tendency to, um, you know, make out like that. It's a per- it's, 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 per- it's particularly pertinent to them. But, you know, there was a long list of complaints from last night's programme. Armagh <laughs> upset that we only concentrated on the row. Roscommon are upset because <laughs> none of their games have been shown. Westmeath are upset likewise. Kerry are upset because we only spoke about Dublin. Dublin. <laughs> Look, oh, just, I'm just glad I wasn't on Rory. I was sitting here with a pint watching it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know what, right? I, You're a monster, I, O'Neill. You're I a monster. Always, I used to always make the point. If you've upset everyone, you've usually done a good job. <laughs> we'll finish yeah. up in a minute, but it would be remiss not to mention uh, a bit of a, a clinker of a match there uh, between Dublin and Waterford um, in Parnell Park. Uh, yeah. Dalo, it's it's taken them a couple of years and there's a bit of impatience and you don't want to get too carried away with the Walsh Cup or the early rounds of the Allianz League, mm-hmm. but there's a lot to like about this Dublin team. They are... They, you know, they, they're going toe to toe with teams now, and it's 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 not fancy dance stuff. They are they're winning it in the trenches. Such yeah, an Mike. open Leinster Championship this year. So yeah, open. I, I just declared it the Battle of Parnell yesterday because it was a war of attrition. <laughs> Seventeen but, cards, I think. Yeah, um, in fairness to Colum Cunning, um, you know, when you saw what was sent off on the football match on the highlights last night, and five reds 
And then you like there was eventually two yellow, double yellow for Conor Pronti and Keno Callahan. Like Keno Callahan was doing well to be there that day. I even tell you myself now if you're trying to ring me, Keno. Some of the tackling, like you know, and it had it all really, hadn't it? And it was mm. it was it was frustrating at the time with too many scrums. And, I love Parnell Park, but like there is something it. about Parnell in a league match, like this, you know, just just and uh, look at yeah and. Mikey on look at they seem to have the team except maybe one more top class in inside oh. forward. Ron Nays really getting there. There's, there's a bit a bit of stuff flying around the ether at the moment of maybe there's talk of Khan might throw in his lot with his former manager, Matty. Mm. And I mean, like, can you imagine Khan and Rory Hayes and Ronan Hayes lads up there with what they have out around with Sutcliffe and with Crummy and Reen McBride and Paddy Smith and these guys? I did. Yeah, I tell you that would be a fair last piece in the jigsaw for me and yet Waterford as well you'd have to say down what they were down you know missing who they're missing between Bally Gunner and Jamie Barron Shane McNulty who else I'm probably leaving out a couple more like Dave they really have a panel as well so mm. yeah hopefully Mike um, Dave might be just slightly in jest there trying to put the needle into Dublin football fans uh, John but could, could you see that there's there's any truth in that well we're hearing the, we're hearing the rumours um, I suppose we'll have to ring the man himself shortly. All right, <laughs> uh, you, you know the plan for today, then for the examiner. But um, yeah, I'm sure, the footballers are probably as far away from winning in all Ireland as the hurdlers are. <laughs> I, think, I think those rumors are that, that's that's uh, I wouldn't believe that for a second now. Really. But uh, no, I wouldn't. I genuinely wouldn't. But that's that's a football matter. But yeah, there are rumors. We'll, we'll, we'll try and find out uh, if they are true. Um, you know, they, don't don't. don't don't be surprised if Antrim beat Dublin next weekend. You know, that that's the way it is with, with Antrim. They will target those home games. As, and the fact mm-hmm. that they didn't have any, um, you know, the fact that the, Dunloy didn't win the Ulster Championship, they, you know, uh, Leeson has had an opportunity to really oil them. And uh, they, they, they'll they embrace Dublin. And Dublin will know what they're going to expect up in up in Belfast next week, you know, uh, next weekend. Um, D- Dublin definitely, is, as Rory says, it, it is a really open Leicester uh, Championship. Outside of Limerick, I think it's a very open Munster Championship as well. Um, but that's a, 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 that's a story for another. Yeah. All right. Well, look, it, it, it was an encouraging opening weekend of uh, of hurling action. Anyway, ma- ma- mainly because Wexford won. You know, with an Anthony Daly era scoreline, there was something there for everybody. Everyone. Um, I didn't like him getting into double figures. My one night. That <laughs> <laughs> was it was just a bit flash for you. I like it. <laughs> Listen, uh, John and Anthony, thank you very much for joining us, and we'll catch you again soon. And um, we'll be back in a second with um, football with uh, Oshie McConville and Niall McCoy. Best of luck with that. Pleasure, Mike. Cheers, Cheers guys. Okay, we're back and to talk about an eventful weekend of Gaelic football action. And um, I think in honour of the Allianz League Division 1 leaders who've now beaten the last seven All-Ireland champions, um, we're going <laughs> to... Armatastic. We have gone armatastic. So we were joined by Ushi McConville and uh, Niall McCoy of uh, the RT Online Desk. Two proud and I would imagine quite happy Armagh men. How are you doing, lads? Mikey, how's form? Um, so Oshin, um, there was a, there was a lot of focus on the last few seconds of that match the other night, and we will get to that uh, on League Sunday and everywhere else. But um, I'd like to start at the start really and just say, look, after there was questions, could Armagh back up what they did in Croke Park um, against the All Ireland champions? And boy, did they! 
They did, and they did it in spades. Um, and, and in style. Yeah, no bigger test than Tyrone coming to the Atlantic ground. Uh, space. What a crowd there, Rush. Yeah, unbelievable. I mean, we, we were actually quite late getting there, and we just got in, and we were standing right down uh, at the fence. And I had two, two young fellas that could just about see over it. So, um, But the crowd was phenomenal. There was some buzz around yeah. the place. And that's such a brilliant ground. It's one of my favourite grounds. It's one of the best grounds actually out there. So when it's full, I'd say it was a great atmosphere, was it? Yeah, I know, because what I had pictured coming down the road in the car was that me and the boys would stand behind the goals on our own, like we have done at a lots of league games over <laughs> a number of years. And when I got there, I was I was very annoyed that there was about 4,000 people behind the goals. And... Uh, there was a crowd of boys um, from a neighbouring club who had taken up my uh, usual spot. So uh, after I got over that initial annoyance, I realised that this was not going to be Crow Park revisited in that space was at such a premium. I, I can't tell you, lads, how good the quality was for the first uh, 35 minutes at least. It was, it, was, it was phenomenal. And you know what? Jerome Maroney, a, a small bit off it, I thought, um, in that, uh, when they get up front, they just they just didn't seem to have the um, the firepower that we would normally associate with them. I didn't think their transition was great, and I think that could be all put down to the fact that um, they're probably a little bit behind the curve as far as uh, you know, I think Eamon touched on it last night as far as conditioning and that is concerned. Um, but look at it, it's a really strange position for Armagh to be in at this moment in time because. As GA people in general, I think we do we do pessimism a lot better than we do optimism. So you know, a lot of people there. Oh, let's not get carried away. Let's you know, let's keep our feet. What's wrong with a bit of momentum? What's wrong with a bit of optimism? I mean, this is the first time in a long time that I, I said last week that it that it felt different. It felt that we had properly arrived. Now yesterday just backed that up again, and I think the one thing that I really like about this team right now and let's talk about right now let's not talk about further down like right now i like the athleticism of the team i like the decision making that the, that they have and i also like the fact that we beat the dubs who play in it well i don't know if there's any real make or shape to the dubs right now but they certainly will give you an opportunity to get at them and probably have done uh, down through the years uh, maybe not just as much as they do now. They, they, they leave you very isolated. So we we play. We were able to play against a team like that, and we were able to mix it up. And the one thing we we identified straight away yesterday was that we're not going to be able to kick the kick the ball in the same fashion or the same way as we did the um, the last day. So the thing I like right now, and the thing that 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 fill, fills me with even more optimism, even though people are scared of it, is that. Um, we have beaten two teams who play in a different style. We struggled and have struggled for a long, long time with defensive shape and breaking pack defences down. And we were able to do that yesterday and we were able to do it with a plenty of style. We were able to do it with a multitude of players. We weren't relying on one player to, 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 to break the, the throne defence down. And I just thought that Whatever we have, whatever we have at this moment in time, to try and bottle it and run with it. And the other thing I would say is that it is January. Sorry, it was January last week. It is February now. There's only two games played in the league, but this is a season like no other season. 
this is a season where uh, in two months' time, we're going to be in the thick of it as far as challenge is concerned. And uh, I think that there's a real possibility of a team like Armagh being able to maintain that momentum or, or certainly that they're conditioned well enough to be able to continue that uh, right through. And I think the last part of this is the last part of this is that our squad seems to run deeper than it has done in a long time. Hmm. Niall, um, you watch probably as much Armagh as anybody over the last few years. What are you seeing as a difference? Because I'm not buying that this, you know, Armagh are better conditioned than, than Dublin and Toronto. That explains their performances. I'm sure they're very well conditioned as any geezers, any one of geezers teams would be. But there's more to it than that, isn't there? Yeah, well, well, Oshin touched on it there. The, I don't think anyone had any fears about Armagh coming up and scoring um, against Division 1 teams. We saw that last year. They put up big tallies in that, you know, localised National League split, uh, Division 1 North. Uh, they, done, they had 117 against Roscommon in the playoffs. So we've known for a few years now what the likes of the O'Neills there and, and different boys coming through that Armagh are going to be able to score. It's definitely been at the other end of the pitch where the question marks have been. So they just look a lot more solid defensively. Still conceding quite a bit, but in both their matches, they've essentially had the game won at half time in both matches and have been quite content to sit back and let teams come on them. Dublin in the second half, thrown again on Sunday. So again, not possibly a fair reflection on the second half of their attacking uh, capabilities. Oshin said the phrase are decision-making. Like I take someone like Jarley Oak Burns, who had all the raw qualities and he does nine out of 10 things right. And then he'll run into traffic and lose the ball. Whereas this year, He's just getting rid of the ball a wee bit quicker. He's taking the right option. They're looking more comfortable when they're passing the ball out, waiting on teams to come on to them. So I don't know if it's Kieran McKeever. I presume Kieran's had a lot to do with it, uh, but they definitely look more confident and look more. Their decision making is definitely a lot cleaner. And then just at the other end of the pitch, like squad depth up front is just ridiculous. Like we've been without Oshin O'Neill, we've been without Connor Turbot, two of the most exciting players in Armagh. We've been without Andrew Mernon, who's a different sort of option, probably isn't fit enough to start a match. It just I, I don't know how they're going to fit all these forwards in with everyone's back fit, to be honest with you. Um, so they're going to always have that ability to put up 116, 117 against any team in Ireland. And they'll be able to do it against Kerry, I think, as well. Like I don't think there's any team can shut Armagh down. But as long as they're still as hard-working and controlled at the back, Listen, it can be a hell of a season for them. No one's getting carried away, like, but they're in a really good position. I checked the stats, and the last time Armagh won back-to-back Division One games was 2005, when they last won the title. Like, and you know, that's what's that? 17 years. 17 so years. Yeah. I don't. I think they've probably only been up in the top flight maybe about seven or eight years, maybe not even uh, since then. But it's still, it's still something we haven't done in a long, long time. And for me. It was a more impressive win almost in Dublin because Dublin let Armagh play how Armagh liked to play. Throne had so many bodies back. They clogged up where you'd expect Throne clogged up. In that first half, Armagh had five brilliant goal chances. They took two. Morgan pulled off a great save from Sheridan. Um, there's the one Mackin was tipped over. He just had to put that across goal. Norm McKay's got a palm into an empty net. And there's the one Greg McKay began a fist across goal. And I think Armagh ended up getting a close range free. So at the moment, a very confident, a very strong, a very athletic team. 
they're just ripping teams apart and they're doing enough at the back just to make sure they're getting the points too. Uh, yeah. Throwing that back to four points at one stage, yes, um, and people thought there was panic there. I thought Armagh were still relatively comfortable at that stage. I think if you had to put uh, reverse the team names, people would have said Throne saw that game out relatively comfortably. Mm. It's just what we've done in Armagh this last five years, we've lost a lot of big leagues. So yeah. understandably, people are quite uh, nervous, even when you're seven or eight up. But listen, they're learning. They're still a young team and they're just learning. Rory, that's it's a good point that you know how well they saw the game out because a couple of caveats. Tyrone obviously came back a bit later than everyone else. Usual story for an All Ireland champion team holiday, etc. Um, and that, but this that we were talking about it in the hurling that some teams will take the league a little bit easier than others. I don't think that's really the case in, in football. And you saw it watching it yesterday. There was an intensity to that game that Tyrone brought that. Um, I won't say quite replicated championship, but it's as close as you're going to get in February, isn't it? Oh, big time. Yeah, as de- without a doubt, as close as you're going to get. I'd say this is fantastic preparation for them. Only negative, I suppose, really, that, that you could probably draw is just the familiarity breeding contempt is just creating a situation whereby the, a lot of these teams who are playing at such a high level in that part of the country are probably meeting each other too often. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's no, it's, it's no one's fault. It's just the fact that they're really up at that at a, at a high level. But I lo- I think a lot of neutrals actually really lo- enjoy watching Armagh. I think they're kind of playing a game that like you, you they're, they're kind of fast. They're kind of vastly usurping Mayo as nearly everybody's second favorite team in that they play a really good brand of football. It's exciting. They go for goals. They're usually spectacular goals. Um, so I like, I would actually echo everything the lads have said. I think they could be set. I mean, you're going to find out again, another little bit about them. I'd imagine it'll be houseful sign again in two weeks time on Saturday at the athletic grounds, Ush, given the fact that it's another derby. Yeah, against get there a bit earlier, Ushing. Yeah. It's another derby against Monaghan. I think they, 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 they like, and, and there's some really interesting facts and figures that Niall threw out there. Like you, you could really see Armagh, you know, they, it's probably a bit early to get too dreamy and we'll find, we'll certainly find out when they, you know, maybe take on Kerry, we'll get another good picture of where they're at, but I don't think they'll fear anybody at this stage, you know, their confidence must be sky high and um, yeah, you could really see them making last four and who knows at that stage. Um, I said we had to talk about it, Oshin, and um, I know it, it's been it's been fairly well poured over, and I, I think there's probably a bit of frustration among Armagh fans that maybe the discussion we just had hasn't really happened over the last 24 hours or uh, so, um, for obvious reasons. And just to say, from my perspective, it's less to do with the the brawl or the melee itself, which I don't think was anything that astonishing. Niall, you sent me on the footage yesterday that somebody recorded from behind the goal. It was headlock competition. Um, I didn't see too many punches being struck. I don't think anybody was appalled or abho- uh, 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 by the scenes. Everybody's just fascinated by the fact that there was five red cards shown. And in, in my mind, David Goff is the, is the referee the GAA send out, Oshin, when they want to make a statement. He's a firefighter, yeah. He's, he's the guy they know will make tough decisions. He's the guy who pretty much uh, drew attention to say pulling and dragging off the ball. He was the guy who started giving freeze from where the incident occurred. Everyone said, "What's he doing here?" You know, um, so he's the guy they send out when they want to maybe draw a line in the sand. Um, that's my only explanation for this because 
he's he's basically he's applying a rule that nobody has applied for, 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 since the rule was applied and now we're all horrified that he did it technically david goff was right so why Mickey, do you think he did it because he, there's probably been 10 matches he's refereed in the last couple of years where he could have done that and he did sorry to go just before Oshin answers are we saying headlocks are okay like is a, headlock, is a headlock okay? Is grab someone in a headlock and throw them to the floor? I mean, when was that actually? You know, Rather a headlock than a punch. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying on the sliding scale. On the sliding scale. Grand. Headlocks are grand. <laughs> what do you think, Oshin? Uh, I, I, I like the fact that, that David Goff made a statement because you know what start you know what was really starting to uh, annoy me was that this thing where you know a forward gets a score, so he has to go out, push the defender and tell him how good a score it was. If the defender is able to block the forward down, like, honestly, like, it's just, it is, it's just got really tedious. Really, really tedious. Um, it, it, uh, it, it, it sort of boiled over from that yesterday in the headlocks. And actually, I know we're having a bit of a, having a bit of a laugh about it, but the, the Jarley Ogun was dangerous. Was, the re- yeah. Yeah. reason why it was dangerous was at the front of, of the of the fence, there runs a, a little step, a little concrete step. And uh, mm. when I seen the footage, that's the thing I was... Bang I was that easy. But there was stuff going on off the ball. Now, <laughs> David Goff handled the game as well as he possibly could, but he needs a hand. <laughs> Jesus. Like, I mean... Umpires, lanesmen, actually, lanesmen were involved quite a bit, but you know, the umpires, this happens at one side of the field and the other side of the field. And the thing about um, him making a statement is that now the statement needs to be backed up. Mm. Yeah. Statement needs to be backed up by the GA and say, listen, lads, I don't care what you come with. I don't care what hole you have in the rules. This is the way it is. Suck it up. Go away and make sure that this doesn't happen again. And you know what? It won't happen again, but see if see if these guys get off, it'll happen again, and uh, and so we have a great opportunity to draw a line in the sand with with these headlocks and stuff like that. Because the thing about a headlock, the thing about the headlock is right. So you're standing there, and you you could be waiting for a punch. You could be you could be laying up for a punch. You could be ready to 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 do a dance. But if somebody if somebody grabs you by the head and gets you into a headlock, you have no way out of that. Yeah. You're no way out of that, especially if you're if you're on your own, especially if he gets going first. So what's the thing that happens is the two of them go for the headlock. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so all yeah, of a yeah. sudden we have this we the have rest this of the match. Yeah. And that's why it went on as long as it did. Now, but but Ush, Ush, do you know like Tyrone and this isn't to you know carpet bag Tyrone in any way, but look, they're the ones that had four sent off as opposed to Armaz one in this instance. And Tyrone spent a long time, I would suggest, um, dealing with a lot of bad public relations, right, for many, many years. And I think over the course of the last 12, 18 months, I think under Fergal Logan particularly and Brian Dewar less so because he'd probably be more on the coaching side of it, whereas Fergal would be the much more the, the diplomat. I think they have played the proverbial blinder. You could not meet greater people like the, the way we were treated, the access we were given, the cooperation we were given in and around the All-Ireland Finals, the, 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 the way they carried themselves, the interviews they gave. 
I thought it spoke volumes for Tyrone and the Tyrone County Board and Tyrone people and Tyrone GA. Mm. What I would love to see, love to see here, is Tyrone to suck this one up. Take their punishment. Don't appeal it. Take it on the chin and say, you know what? Right, we're going to learn from this. We don't want our players carrying on like this. So we're going to take the punishment and we're not going to appeal it. And that's the end of it. But, but, but will that happen? Yeah, that, that would be easier to expect them to do, Niall, if, as Oshin says, there, there, there has to be consistency. Um, you were doing our live blog on Saturday night for the Kerry and Dublin game. There wasn't the same scale by any means, but there was plenty of stuff that went on in that game which could cause an Armagh or disgruntled Tyrone fan to engage in our favourite other pastime, yeah. what aboutery. Yeah. So, like, not saying Conor Lane did anything wrong, but if if what David Goff did is the new standard, all the other referees have to be told that, and so do the CCCC and everybody else, and it has to just become unacceptable. Seen someone say that and give the red cards out according to All Ireland wins, which I thought was quite clever. Four <laughs> one. I, I laughed through the tears, but uh, no. Listen, it's, if, if it is a directive, and listen, I wouldn't be surprised if there was, as you say, the firefighter of the association. It's something you would have expected to start in round one, and um, it's almost like they anticipated some, maybe some trouble in throwing Armagh fair enough. Fair enough. Get that I idea. think. Uh, yeah. I think Oshin's brother Jim might have been playing in Castleblaney that time in 89, the, the fame melee. Um, but it, it, again, like there were similar incidents in that carry done the match as you talked on there. So it's hard for throwing. And I totally agree, Rory, there will be great just see a team hold their hands up. Although I watched the right back, and I'm still not sure what Potter Campsey has been cited for because I kept my eye on him from start to finish and I don't see him do a thing wrong. But listen, some of the ones that were cited, and, and I don't know how Conor Myler avoided a, a second yellow a couple of seconds later, mm. but uh, they could have finished with 10 men. But it's hard if you're fighting for Division 1 safety, which they're going to be, uh, with Gildare at home next, which is probably one of our more favourable fixtures. But to miss McCarran and Hamsey, uh, you know, McGeary, like some top players there. Hart, yeah. Hart as well, of course, sorry. It's... <clears throat> And I would be surprised if Hart gets off, but I would also be very surprised if those four boys are all missing. Hamsey, I think, unless we something that wasn't seen on camera, Hamsey will absolutely get off. I don't see how he doesn't. Uh, I'd say Hart McGeary will struggle to get off, but I'd imagine get a couple off, a couple of stays suspended. Might even get an arm clear-sighted because I, watching the row, I, I don't know how you get four red cards and one red card because there a lot, seem to be a lot of the same stuff going on from both sides. The, the hard one was particularly watching the footage, you're sort of, you know, you're biting your lip watching that a wee bit because it was just the location, as Ashton says, that we cement step there. But mm. I'd expect this to be a pain. Like, I'll be very surprised if Tron don't go for it. I, I, think, I think also it's probably worth mentioning that there was a fair degree of restraint in there. And I'll, I'll say mainly for my, my players, but also... Uh, from some of the drone players as well because um, in years gone by that's full scale all in um, uh, proximity <laughs> proximity to the wire uh, he, uh, head case or two in over the top and you know we're dealing with something you know off the wall today so um, certain degree of restraint also shown by, by teams but I think I think the big point the big point is that uh, we've made a decision. We need to back it up. 
and we need to make sure that this is cut out. And we have an opportunity to do that. We either take it with both hands or we do what we normally do, and that is bow down to um, to pressure. Oshin, do you think, because obviously you're involved at club level, you had a very, very, very long inter-county career. Sorry, that, that third very might have been unnecessary, sorry. Um, <laughs> you know, do, do you think things are much worse now in terms of sledging, in terms of off-the-ball incidents, in terms of, of the, the the headlocks, the, you know, kind of the below fisticuffs violence? Is it getting out of hand? I just think now that you said very, 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 I might have stayed around maybe a year or two. <laughs> The thing I think the, the the thing that the lads are saying to me about about the sledging that go that's going on on the pitch that ninety uh, percent of it is uh, fairly harmless and there's a these guys you know know each other quite well whether it be from college or whatever and there's a lot of harmless stuff going on there's there was a few smiles and a, and a bit of crack I think in the middle of all that yesterday and um, uh, the sledging has always been there. I would I would hazard a guess to say it originated mainly in Ulster, and it has uh, penetrated the rest of the country. Um, but uh, I think there's there is stuff that goes right over the top. Uh, I've experienced it as a player. Um, it still goes on uh, a little bit now, but um, I think as I say, ninety percent of it is, is probably fairly harmless. Um, but like it's. It, this thing, honestly, just to go back to it, this thing of, you know, if you score a point, that you have to push your, you know, your, your marker and tell them how good a score it was. But isn't that, isn't that uh, governed by black card, like deliberately uh, goading an opponent or the referee? Or you, that, that actual action is, is governed in rule by the black card. If, from my understanding, it's just not applied. You know, and I think there can be a level of histrionics then when a referee has the balls, which is what David Goff had to actually apply the rules yesterday, which he probably would have been decried and criticized for had he not done. And people would have said, Oh, well, why didn't he send a load of them off? Well, he did. Yeah, it's send a lot of them off. The golding one's interesting because I know in in American football and NFL it's very strictly applied. You can kind of you can shout at someone, you can say something to them, Aren't but if a referee like sees you point your finger, yeah. yeah, if they see you point your finger or kind of make any kind of motion towards them, um, you get you know you get penalised. So it, it it does seem like one that could quite easily be be clamped down on. Um, okay, moving on then, Niall. As I mentioned, you watched uh, Dublin and Kerry, which was. And we most of us probably watched it. It was live on the TV. Um, a, a pretty entertaining and eventful first half, followed by, uh, to be to be kind, a a, a less good second half. On the script. <laughs> Both teams declared at halftime. To be honest with you, um, <laughs> it was a hard watch. It was a hard watch. Thanks for putting me in that tracker. Um, <laughs> now the first the first half had a lot had enough in it to tell us you know the story. Um, Dublin actually started really well. I talked against really tough conditions, like when Evan Comerford put over that free, like it looked like a, it was such a really good free and it looked like a real lifting moment. And then uh, Lorcan goes through Odell and, and overhits that fist pass to Dean Rock. You see something that you've rarely seen from Dublin in seven years and that's bad decision-making, uh, bad execution of a basic skill. And it's almost still very surprising to see Dublin mess up a two-on-one like that because we're just yeah. so... 
Clinical. you know, used to them just finishing them. So clinically, like, you know, uh, it became almost robotic that you knew it was going to end up in the net. Uh, but uh, listen, Dublin aren't in a great place. And I, I thought Desi Ford, I thought he was quite measured in what he said afterwards. And, and there was a lot of truth in what he was saying is that they are, you, you know, you, you lose that sort of talent. It's, it's going to take a bit of time. And he's very clear that they're in a transition. Um, I just don't think things are as grim in Dublin as some are predicting that now okay their their dominance that brilliance is is definitely chipped away but it's the second week of the league and people are talking about them being relegated they've got a two-week break now it's probably a, a nice time from go away work on things but w- will they use this criticism will they like this criticism of you know they're being talked about as actual relegation uh, candidates which sounds crazy or will they just keep doing what they're doing wrong and that's being outplayed because after that initial burst, Kerry were, were more than comfortable. Like they were just siding through the middle for the last quarter. Uh, sorry, the second quarter, it was uh, they, they're just picking off scores at will now. They're swinging over good scores, uh, but they had very little pressure on shots. Um, the goal just killed the game as a contest. And, you know, there was still a half to go with Dublin having a strong win behind them, but just didn't. Uh, checked away all right, but both teams had accepted yeah. the fate at that stage. Um, um, Oh, Sheen, Karen Wheeler made a, made a pretty interesting point on the TV afterwards, I thought, kind of just about the, the culture of it. And the point Niall makes there is getting used to losing, which is, you know, for most of us in life is, you know, comes naturally enough. But for these lads, you know, like obviously there's the astonishing stat of, uh, about Brian Fenton and how long he went before he even lost the championship game. Um, You know, it will be, you know, you're not looking at the young fellows here. They're not the ones who'll have to, well, they're the ones who'll have to stand up, but they're, you'd like to think they're going to be dragged along by Brian Howard and John Small and Brian Fenton and, and uh, like Dean Rock and Kieran Kilkenny. I'd just be really interested to see how these guys who have, not saying they've had it easy, they've worked very hard, but they've known nothing but success until last year. It's, 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 it's going to be kind of fascinating to see how they do react to no longer having the level of dominance they've had. Yeah, look, they're in the trenches now, and uh, and I don't think they've properly been there before. Um, obviously, you know, the Mayo defeat last year was something that uh, would have hurt and would have stung. And you're right, when you're in that position where you're used to winning, it is a shock to the system. Uh, but you expect them to bounce back, but they haven't really done that. They've regressed again. Um, there's no real shape to them. Um, like they didn't learn. It's like I th- I thought just a simple lesson even from the from the Armagh match was, you know, a few more bodies, a little bit more protection for your full back line. That didn't really happen. Um, they got pulverized for ten minutes on their own kick out and were really uh were really punished on us. Um, again, it comes, uh, there's lots and lots of things uh, to contribute to this, but. Um, I do think that for a lot of those young players coming in, they're coming into a team now. In, in previous times, when, when young Dublin players were coming in, they were probably playing with 13, 12, 13 very experienced players. These Dublin lads who are coming in there are not playing with you know, really uh, high-class, experienced players. They're playing with a lot of good players. Don't get me wrong. Dublin will be fine in time. But there's no structure, there's no organisation, and that has gone on two weeks in a row. And um, and so what's going to change between now and then? A lot of things have to change. Tell you what has to change. They have to change as far as protection for the full back line for now, okay? 
they have to change as far as the transition because it's way too slow. And uh, and up front, they just need to be a lot more clinical than they've been. Now I know that's simplifying. I know that's that's three. That's the three areas of the field. But if I was to pick one of those, well, actually, let me pick two. Okay, a wee bit of a wee bit of protection for the full back line and transition. Like you can't manage a game. The, the, the dubs can no longer manage a game on the five or six or seven or eight points down. You do, that's not that's not you don't manage a game from that point. You have to it's muscle memory for them now, isn't it? That's just the way they've played for so long. You have to go. You have to go headed at it, regardless. Yeah. <laughs> you want to be as many processes you want to go through and all that sort of thing. You can do that from from ten points up. You can do that from five points up. You can manage a game out from three points, but you cannot do it. You know, from the position that they have found themselves in the first couple of weeks, and I tell you another thing about the Dubs is, you know, we talk about re- relegation. Relegation is, is very possible for the Dubs. The Dubs have Mayo and Crow Park, and then they have to go to Newbridge. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then a run, and then and then and then a, and then a tour of Ulster. Yeah. So, like, it's it's very possible. Very mm-hmm. very. Possible. Now, I th- as I say, I still think they'll be fine in time, but there's a bit of organisation really has. There's a bit of sitting down and, and finding out, you know, what way they want to play. Because as I say, you can't manage a game from five and six and ten points down. A, a, a quick word on their, on their vanquishers, Rory, because... Um, Love talking cre- about them. Cre- credit where credit is due. Uh, for about 20 minutes there in the first half, they, they, they were unbelievable. And the spark was actually David Clifford doing something wrong, missing a penalty. After that, he scored a point with a ridiculous dummy. All the carry forwards were bringing out the uh, the, the dummies on uh, Saturday night, and then he kicked he kicked two points from distance in that win. I know the wind might have been on his back, but it's not like it was helpful on his back. It was a gale blurred, uh, blown around. He just kicked some magnificent scores. And and as and as Kevin McStay said on commentary, there's a fear here we'll start taking what this guy does for granted when really every day nearly he's doing something that should make the jaw drop. Yeah. Do you, do, do you... The only negative about that is I heard that about, all right, let's go through it. So they used to say that about Gooch. Oh, as once in a generation player, and along comes Clifford. And then before that, it was Morris Fitzgerald. And before that, it was Pat Flan. <laughs> before that, like they, they tend to produce these once in a generations quite regularly. That like, once a know? generation, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, <laughs> the rest of us might, might get one of these players in a lifetime. You know, the Kerry kind of tend to produce them just right on cue. As one lad is packing up, the other fella is just... Uh, is just is just finding his feet and settling in. So, uh, but like he's worked the admission fee alone. Anytime you get an opportunity to watch him play, you should go and grab it because he really is something special. Um, I was surprised he missed the penalty. Um, that was just the only kind of I suppose blot on his copy. He scuffed it. He didn't catch it right at all. You could see, which is unusual. I saw one noted uh, particular Ulster man say that it was a meter wide. Uh, in his newspaper column, it wasn't a meter wide. It was ju- he just outside the post, and um, Kerry are in great shape. Like I think they still have some issues at the back. I think you can still get in behind them. You can create a couple of goal chances against them. Cork even managed it, and that'll tell you, you know, like that's probably not a good sign last year in the championship. And obviously, we've seen it a couple of times this year already. And you know, look, it's still a hangover. I suppose it was three goals effectively that knocked them out of the semi final last year. And, um, you know, Dublin could have had a couple as well on Saturday night, even with a very inexperienced forward line. So 
they don't, they're not without their problems. I think the Nguyen lads have made a big difference going in. Damon O'Connor was rightfully man, or rightfully man of the match. And he certainly, um, his form is, uh, is, is going to be a big boon to them as the league progresses. Um, up front, I think they're as frightening as any Kerry team has been in the past. But I, I, I still think there's a couple of asterisks attached to them. Like I, I'm not a hundred. Look, I think they'll win everything because they just have too much firepower for everybody else. But there could be a few, uh, there could be a few hiccups along the way, no doubt. Okay, uh, we'll finish up now in a minute, lads. But I know uh, a couple of you actually saw some games that maybe the rest of us didn't see in in full. Um, Oshin, you, you you cut down versus Galway, which was um, Galway following up on their good opening round win against Mead. Uh, they got the win, and I suppose for a lot of people, the interest there would be the second half appearance of Damien Comer. How did he look? Yeah. Well, he actually come on after I think it was about twenty eight or nine minutes, and uh, <laughs> he was the. He was on the ball straight away. I think he got a he got a point straight away, and then uh, he was involved in in another score. Uh, he looked absolutely ravenous. He just <laughs> everywhere. He just I'd say he had a bit. I'd say he played eight minutes of the first half, and I'd say he was absolutely cream crackered when he went into it. <laughs> he just wanted to be on the ball. He wanted to be involved in everything. Look at. If, if you're a lad like him and you've been in and out the way he has, uh, I can only imagine. But uh, wow, does he give them an extra dimension? And uh, Shane Walsh looked very happy to see him too because uh, his movement in there, even for the even for the uh, for some of the balls he wasn't getting, his movement in there, he's very very dynamic. He looks strong. He looks fit. And uh, the key for Park Joyce and the boys will be to, will be to keep him fit. Uh, I was impressed with Galway at times. At times, uh, they still, you know, uh, Barry O'Hagan at times looked as if he he, he could have yeah, kept down in the game himself. But uh, I thought there's a be- much better structure to them uh, to to Galway, and um, there's still a work in progress. But um, definitely either there or thereabouts. And and what of down? This was a, a your old mucker Aidan O'Rourke is in there. My old mucker as well. He's a club mate of Niles, so a lot of us have connections to Aidan O'Rourke here. And itself <laughs> James McCartan. Obviously, big questions about whether or not the Kilcool contingent come back back in, and in what kind of numbers I suppose will be key for their season. Yeah, uh, look at down need need bodies back and need them back quick. Um, they are they are seriously um in relegation ball. If we talk about the Dubs. The down, down are 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 in are in trouble. One thing you'll find with down is when you least expect it, they'll they'll come up with a win. But are they going to come up with three wins in order to keep themselves in that division? Very difficult to see that uh, at this stage. And like the Kaku players, Phoenix, like they're they're realistically not going to be in for you know maybe three weeks. So uh, they need those those guys back. A few injuries as well. Need those boys boys back as well. They they're playing really, Meath next, so that's a big one. Yeah, they don't really pack a punch up front. So they need like as much as the Brannigans and all that. They need like a Jerome Johnson, somebody who can get in around the back and get a goal for them. You know. Yeah, and uh, then just finally, Rory, I know that you, you you had a feast of football yesterday, but you did watch Mayo and Monaghan, which I was keeping an eye on, and it was uh, 
It was very nip and tuck. It was a very it was great. It was great kind game. of game you expect from Mayo and Monaghan. Uh, it was it was a fantastic game of football. It was just a pity again that you couldn't show more of it last night. It was brilliant. Now, obviously, the one blot on it um, from a Mayo perspective is what looked like a very serious injury to Owen McLaughlin. Again, this time I think it was ankle. It looked like he just went down on it awkwardly. Um, as soon as the medic ran over, he started. Um, gesticulating in a sort of a very frantic fashion so from that point of view you knew it was serious the play was stopped for nigh on 10 minutes and um, he was eventually stretchered off so uh, a bit of a blow and he'd been playing really well but but Mayo, Mayo was very impressed with them classic Mayo go away from home bring 5,000 people with them which is the incredible support they have um, brilliant atmosphere really end-to-end and stuff fantastic scores both teams it was a fabulous game of football really for winter football and um and they deserved their win and like there's you know like when you consider they still have Oshin Mullen Killian O'Connor I think is rumored to be close enough to full fitness to come back into that side they are in a good place and like we've obviously seen the dubs wilt so their aura of invincibility has slipped I don't think Kerry are all that Mayo for Sam. Here we go, lads. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. So the earliest mention of that yeah, 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 yeah. ever. My oh, God. Um, your wind-up margin. Uh, we'll leave that, lads. Just, I, I'm just going to mention Division 4 out of interest because it, it's shaping up as always to be an absolute, like, just a, a battle to get out of it. So I go, let the crap out of Carlo yesterday. Uh, Carlo were a bit depleted. Leitrim won below in in Semple, which is a great win for Leitrim. And um, so the form lines is always in Division 4, a bit tricky to see. So I think we might dedicate a podcast to Division 4 in a few weeks when we find some lucky journalists who've seen five or six of these well, teams. Well, Pat, Pat's plan would be well clued in for us there as well. Pat Jr. came on yesterday, scored two points. Now, when you score 28, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe those two aren't as valuable as they normally would be. It was a good, it was a good game to come on in, all right. Um, listen, thank you very much to Oshin and to Niall uh the orchard is rising and I think you know everybody's everybody's happy to get on on board that bandwagon and and Mikey it should be mentioned like like, we we spoke about this before I think what's really healthy from the sports point of view was for those of us that love Gaelic football is I think we're we could be going into a, a much more democratic era for the game and I think that can only but be welcomed. You know, I think it's it's going to become a much more open championship again instead of the closed shop that we've been subjected to for the last 10 years. And isn't that wonderful? Okay. On that optimistic note, we'll leave it. And uh, we'll catch you all on Thursday. So thank you, Niall. Thank you, Oshin. Thank you, Rory. And thank you to John and to Dalo earlier. And we'll see you later. Thanks very much. Bye. by winning the last two matches on the road and that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in Hurling, I love players that will never give in. He hits it! He hits it! Well,